o'clock. Thanks for joining us. Jim along with Max Ryan today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. The most trusted name in automobiles. This hour brought to you by Preston Lee at Country Financial. He believes in building relationships, supporting the community, and serving others. Have a chat and let him help you protect the things that are important to you. Google him at Preston Lee Country Financial. Your top five quarterbacks all time in the NFL. Now that Brady's retired, and if Brady's not at the top of the list, got to sell us hard on who the the other guy is, whoever that might be, Montana, Elway, whoever. On on why that guy. Everybody has personal preference, and I get that, but this. This has to be somewhat fact-based. It can't just be... Because if it was just my my favorite quarterbacks, Tom Brady wouldn't be at the top of the list. It'd be Elway. It'd be Manning. It'd be Fran Tarkenton. It'd be Roger Staubach. Those, those would be the guys I would probably have. I think the Jim Plunkett story has always been great. I'm not a Raider fan, but it's a fantastic story about Jim Plunkett and overcoming adversity. But this has to be somewhat. This has to be, this has to be fact-based. It can't just be your your gut. There's no way you can sell me on anybody but Brady as the best quarterback of all time. In a just a factual conversation about quarterbacks, it's a hard point to argue. Championships definitely checks the box there. Nobody's won more. Statistically, you go through the numbers. I don't. Where's the season you go? He was just absolutely dreadful and horrible. And he was the reason why the Patriots or the Bucs didn't get to the Super Bowl. You can't find that. So I'm just curious. Got that today. Your predictions for the Broncos this year. Now that Sean Payton is the new boss in Denver. A lot of conversation on uh, the four-letter about is Russ done, which has been an ongoing conversation. Can Sean Payton fix him? It's not is Russ cooked. Yeah. Is that is that not is that not the trending <laughs> hashtag or whatever? Yeah. With so, the four-letter, something like that. Yeah. I I just I think that Sean Payton can probably fix some of these problems. I think it is Russ what he once was. No, probably not. But we talk about his quarterbacks get close to the age of 40, where, where Brady's been an outlier. Guys, the skills diminish. Well, Russ is not even 35 yet. There's still gas in that tank. There's still mobility there. You saw, the at times, his ability to still make plays. It's got to be the right scheme, though. And Denver, the offensive line was banged up, wasn't great to begin with. No Tim Patrick all season long. That didn't help. Cortland Sutton, I think, played below expectations. I think Jerry Judy really started to emerge at that Jacksonville game and then started to really come on. Greg Dolchich, big perm, coming up and down season. But he's a rookie. I mean, what are you, you going to expect? They finally started playing Albert Okawegbunam. Thanks to Jerry Rosberg saying, why are we playing this guy? They'll get Javante Williams back. That's going to help a lot. Can he be Alvin Kamara? Can he be that kind of player? I think he probably can. I think it's a team that can win 10 games and be a playoff team. With this bad, the offense was historically bad. I mean, Broncos history, you, you're you not going to find a worse offense, scoring offense than the one this year that was 
dead freaking last in the league. Or if they could score 20 points, it was cause for celebration in downtown Denver. Hey, we got to 21 points today. Offensive explosion. And despite the offense being as bad as it was, and Russ having a career worst year, they lost nine one-score games. Let that, that marinate for a moment. As bad as that offense was, they lost nine one-score games. You know that Sean Payton will make the offense better. Just just by what you've seen the track record over the years. Drew Brees had some comments. He's like, I, he's going to be a godsend for Russell Wilson. And that Brees thinks that Russ is not done. He's not physically done. It just has to be the right scheme. And and Sean Payton will be the guy that puts it in place. Now, we talked about how good the defense has been. Top top 10 defense, one point top five defense, one point number one defense in the league in terms of scoring defense. That Sean Payton and Ejiro uh, Evero, they talked. Evero's still under contract with the Broncos. And they he's a, still a head coaching candidate, Indianapolis, Arizona. But Ajiro sitting down with Sean Payton yesterday, and there's discussion about him staying in Denver. Can Averro get over the Broncos firing his his buddy Nathaniel Hackett, who brought him in, former college teammates, longtime friends? Can Averro get over that situation? We'll see. But now that Vic Fangio has now decided officially to go to Miami, that changes what happens to the Vero going forward. Hopefully he'll stay in Denver. Hopefully hopefully Indianapolis hire Jeff Saturday. Please hire Jeff Saturday. Go right ahead. Do that. Hire him. Arizona. Maybe you should call Cliff Kingsbury. See where he is in Thailand or whatever. See if he see maybe you say, hey, look, you know, we changed our minds. Cliff, we want you back, baby. Somewhere no, in Thailand. One-way ticket. He, you know, at some point, he has to find a job, though, or the, the Cardinals don't have to pay him all the money that they owe him because he has to seek employment. Can't just sit back and, oh, I'm just going to kick back in a foreign country. And part of, the, part of the contract is you have to find employment someplace. You can't just sit back and, and take the Bidwell's money. So we'll see where this goes with Ajiro Vero. Well, does he end up staying in Denver? I want to say yes, and I hope so. But I can understand why he'd say, you know what, there's... you know, He's still under contract. That's the thing. Vikings want to talk to him. Denver said no. I mean, he's only interviewed for head coaching jobs. It has to be a job better than what he currently has. Well, we'll see how it plays out. But I'm glad Peyton at least is sitting down and and talking with him and trying to to get him to stay on in Denver now that uh, Vic Fangio has decided, which, shockingly, I mean, I didn't think the chances were great. I was shocked that that was still even a, a – the Broncos have been talking to Fangio. That was even a, a possibility considering how things ended up with him as the as the head coach. And it would be so, such a weird dynamic if Vic had come back. Like getting back with your ex? Seeing – George Payton walking down the hallway at Dove Valley. Hey, uh, 
Yeah, that, but, but that wouldn't be uncomfortable, would it? Lovely weather we're having. <laughs> How about those scrambled eggs at breakfast, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so one of the things that's come up is the Sean Payton worth this in terms of what the Broncos traded. This deal would look a whole lot better if Denver hadn't sent two first-round picks to Seattle for us. That would make this a far more palatable. I still think Denver, compared to other deals that have been out there in the past, most notably Gruden, where the Raiders got two first-round picks, Denver got off on the cheap on this, with it being a first this year, which is 29th pick. That's whoop-de-doo. And then the second rounder next year. They got they got off light on this. Let, let's be honest, and they get a pick coming back, the third round pick. So I I personally feel like Denver did a really good job of negotiating this. George Payton played, according to all reports, a very key role in in negotiating this with Mickey Loomis because they did want two first round picks. And so, how much value does a coach like Sean Payton bring to a team? They have a really good piece in the Denver Post about this that uh, they cite former Atlanta Falcons general manager Thomas Dimitrov, who's now with the analytics firm of of uh, Summer Sports. He said on a podcast that he thinks that he'd give the thought more consideration in the future if he ever returned to a front office in regard to trading for a head coach. He says, categorically, yes, hell yes, I would. Only on the opposite end of all this, so meaning after I got fired, did I really start considering the opportunity to look into something like this? It's a big-time move. It takes a lot to consider something like it. And so Summer Sports' Eric Eager has the average surplus value of the number one overall pick at about $66 million over a four-year rookie contract. And the 29th pick, which Denver's what they sent to New Orleans for Sean Payton, at about $55 million. And so he says... Valuing coaching is you know, an area where front offices and analytics people are still trying to develop. What If you have a really good head coach, what does that mean in terms of the number of wins you would get over just an average guy? Maybe you know, a, a guy that's just been in the league for, for five years. His team has been to a couple times, but he's never been to a conference championship game good coach but not a great coach and then you have the great coach coach like Sean Payton that has won a Super Bowl has taken his team to multiple NFC championship games that for example they're using Nick Sirianni Philadelphia's coach who will be coaching next Sunday in Phoenix Arizona that he added 0.8 wins to his team this year just on decision making and that number according to Eager stays pretty stable so you might assume this year is a little bit of an outlier. So maybe he's worth 0.6 wins above the average head coach. So if you handicap the best coach in the NFL, they're worth about 1.25 wins above average on a season. So if you take that out over a four-year rookie contract, you know, trading for a first-round pick, and the best head coach in the game is worth five wins of the league over the average head coach. So you're getting five more wins per season from a coach like Sean Payton as opposed to just somebody else. Brandon Staley. Let's throw Brandon Staley out there. That's a big number. 
I'd like to meet the coven or perhaps nerdery, who are, like the group of, of people who are doing the calculations to give you these numbers. I'd like to meet those guys. Are they in a basement somewhere, yeah, sequestered by the NFL? <laughs> give me the data. Give me the data, boys. Quick. All right. You come up, crunch these numbers. Guess who gets new pocket protectors? Guess who gets a new video game system? This is like the Elias Sports Bureau people. <laughs> yeah. So, like clicking, clacking of keys. <laughs> it's Jim and Max Ryan today. Jim Davis show. It's around the NFL. Talk about the Broncos and how much a... Uh, Sean Payton could be uh, worth it to the Broncos in terms of additional wins per season. So we're, we're looking at... You know, if the, the numbers bear out here, potentially five more wins. You won five games this last year. Ding, ding, ding. Puts it on the number I'm talking about. A ten-win season, you know that's that's not an automatic. That's not a guarantee. Don't take it that way. But if you look at the formula and what it's been, that's that's kind of where it sits in terms of what a coach, a coach the caliber of a Sean Payton, could bring to this team in 2023. Is it a little desperate though, considering how much they paid for Russ? what they did with Nathaniel Hackett, the expectations going in. Is this kind of the Broncos decision makers saying, we have a window. That window will eventually close. We have to do what we can to maximize our opportunities in this window. That is a bit of my opinion. I do agree with a lot of what you said, Jim, but Sean Payton, for that much money, for draft picks at this point in time, good deal. You're absolutely right. Right. Great deal, but are we bordering on the idea of we've got in Denver two to maybe three good years to get there, considering what you got to do with Jerry Judy on a contract, Cortland Sutton, um, you know, Jamal Williams, if he You gotta rebuild this offensive line. Right, it's right. not it's not just plug and play. It's Sean Payton comes in, hey, and there's nothing else to worry about. Yeah. Yeah, he's still got an offensive line that's a problem for this team. And you don't have the draft capital to address that, which means free agency becomes the area where you rebuild this football team. And you have to hit on all those other picks that you now have, which we've talked about that with George Payton, that he's been always given a lot of credit for later rounds, what he's been able to do. And they have to really hit on later round picks because they'll have round three. They'll have number 67 from the Colts, number 68, which is the Broncos own pick round four, uh, their own pick still hasn't been decided yet. Likewise for round five. And they have round six, the Malik Reed trade for uh, from the Steelers. And so that's what it looks like for their, their picks. Now the number 29 pick is gone. Once again, if, if they hadn't given up the farm to get Russ, the Sean Payton thing, and I still, I still view it this way. They didn't have, they didn't really give up that much when you, when you look at it on the surface. 29th pick, is that guy going to be a starter? You kind of hope so. You hope he maybe develops into being a starter, if nothing else. But it's not a guarantee. It's not the number one pick in the draft. It's not the number one overall pick. You're getting a pick back, and you're getting a coach that has been to a Super Bowl and can maximize the investment that you made, a heavy investment in Russell Wilson. Because the feeling has been forever. All this team needs is a franchise quarterback. Defense has been been good enough since Manning retired 
to get them to the playoffs and maybe, maybe get to a Super Bowl again. Well, they got Russ. They didn't couple that, though, with a guy that had the experience to be a head coach and could come in and get the job done in Nathaniel Hackett. You're going to have to maximize that. Yeah, and, and they were, look, it was a difficult place that the Broncos' new ownership group was in because you've invested the. Peyton went out and got Russ before they got there. They're the ones that agreed to the extension, though, which if you want to, you know, throw some, you know, tomatoes and poo at, at, at the Broncos' ownership group, they're the ones that agreed to the extension because Russ still had two years on his deal. And I went back and forth on that myself. Do they do they get him extended because it's going to go up? Particularly if he plays well? Or do they see how it goes and then go from there? Well, it turns out probably waiting and seeing how it goes would have been the better way to go. But hindsight is all always twenty twenty. I think it's been worth it for Peyton. I had my reservations. I like Dan Quinn. Thought he'd bring in maybe Daryl Bevel or... Brian Schottenheimer, somebody that worked previously with Russ, getting you know getting back to in a comfort level that he had in Seattle when he was playing really well, that obviously did not work out. And now it's Sean Payton that his his reputation, his legacy, is now going to be linked to the Denver Broncos. If Sean Payton comes in and takes this team to a Super Bowl, I mean. He's, He's already going to be in the conversation for the Hall of Fame. He's not a first first ballot guy if he decided to retire. He's not a first ballot guy. Once it's Super Bowl in Denver, though, with kind of the way things are, then you start talking about him being in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, maybe being a first ballot guy. If it goes horribly, then all it does is just damage his reputation. As to the Bounty Gate stuff, as to the negative stuff about Sean Payton. It's a big risk for Sean Payton. It's it's a big risk for Denver. Yes. It's a bigger, in my opinion, a bigger risk for Sean Payton, who could have sat back, went back to Fox, waited till Mike McCarthy lost in the playoffs again, go to Dallas. Take Jerry's money. Take, take Jerry's take money. Jera. Team that's right now in, in a better position to compete for a spot in the Super Bowl than Denver on both sides of the ball. You're absolutely right. And could have set back. He's rolling the dice here. He's he's taking a he's taking a big gamble in terms of his his reputation. He's coming forward. into one of the best divisions in football. You still yep. have to beat. You're still going to have to go through two of the best quarterbacks in football. You're going to have to go through Los uh, yeah Los Angeles. You're going to have to go through Kansas City. We don't know what the Raiders will be, but I mean, even with the investment in Sean Payton, with Russ playing at Russ levels, do you beat the Kansas City Chiefs? Do you beat Patrick Mahomes and whatever else they got cooked up there in KC? Uh, you know, another outlier, of course, is what the Chargers will do post this loss, one of the probably worst losses in franchise history. Maybe it motivates them, possibly you know, gives them a little extra juice going into next year. Do they spend? Because they got to do the same. They got to ask the same question to themselves the Broncos do. How do you unseat the Kansas City Chiefs from the throne? Because you're literally talking about Patrick Mahomes. And this was something to bring back for the top five quarterbacks of all time, Jim. We're talking generational, obviously. You get a lot of those conversations in sports. They're very generational. But would you consider 
Patrick Mahomes to be in your top five right now, maybe even with like the future? I mean, if you're thinking about the future, could you put Patrick Mahomes in the top five, maybe at number five? Yeah, I could put him in number five. I think so too. He's yeah, I could. He's if, that if, good. You're, if we're going to count every you know active quarterbacks, yeah, I'd probably put him at. I wouldn't put him above that, and I wouldn't say it's a rock solid number five. But I could I could see him being fifth best quarterback all time. With that in your way, that's like your biggest hurdle as as a Bronco. And no matter how much you spend, he's still going to be the hurdle. And I think that's going to be the litmus test, the the breaking point, if you will. If you beat the Chiefs in the regular season with Sean Payton, then you start to heat up. Then you feel like the money's worthwhile. And it comes to Averro staying. I think that that's because the defense has to limit scoring opportunities for, for Patrick Mahomes when they play him. And the offense got to be cash in against the Chiefs defense, which is eh, not not horrible, but not great. Though Jones was fantastic in the AFC Championship game. Yeah, I, I just think that the the division now that there's the uncertainty about well what, what they're going to do in Vegas with the quarterback spot. Chargers are not invincible. I mean, there's there's a chance. I still don't think Denver wins a division. I think Kansas City's still too good. But I do think they can be a playoff team. If the offense gets into the top 15, defense plays kind of what like they did this last season, they got a shot at being a 10-win football team. I'll stick with that. By the way, the Pro Bowl games are underway. We didn't we talked about the Pro Bowl, which is the flight football games on Sunday. They took a nine to three lead. After winning the precision passing, lightning round, and longest drive events, Derek Carr led all quarterbacks with 31 points in the precision passing competition. Ooh. Yeah. Letting everybody know he's still got it, huh? Just say, hey, guys are making a mistake here. Sure you want to do this, little hoodie? Are you sure? All right, 822. And it's uh, time right now for Where in the World is Tyler Franzen? I can find my thing. There we go. Where in there the it world is. is Carmen San Diego? Where the hell is he? Well, I can't find him. He's not hide forever. I will find you. See, I'm so unaccustomed to doing this. This is normally his thing. So that's, that's my bad. That's all right, not no, that's no, okay. No, it's all, no. You're fine. No, you got a lot of other stuff going on. You're good. I don't mind stepping in here and doing it. So today, we're going to the happiest place on earth. The very first stadium we have. It's interior seen by Google Street View. This college football arena seats 1,672 screaming fans. And to think, it was made entirely out of wood. What's that? It's not made of wood? Oh, well then, why would they name it after a woodland creature known for building with wood? Idiots. Where in the world is Tyler Franzen? Doing a case of fat tire. Which I've heard they changed the recipe. Some are, some are not happy about that. Is that right? That's what I've heard. Word on the street. I haven't had a solid New Belgium brew in a while. I well, might have to try it. We now. have uh, you say that? we have Jackson Wilson in here who gave us that information initially. So we'll be talking with him. Maybe an update on on this particular developing situation. But it's fantastic stuff, regardless. Whether it's the old brew or the new brew with fat tire. So once again, 
Going to go to the happiest place on earth. The very first stadium to have its interior seen by Google Street View. This college football arena seats 106,572 screaming fans. And to think it was made entirely out of wood. What's that? It's not made of wood. Well, then why would they name it after a woodland creature known for building with wood? Idiots. Where in the world is Tyler Franson? We'll take a break. We'll come back and talk with Jackson Wilson, River City Sportplex. That's next on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. Who do I listen to? The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader. Whoever suggested that has got to be smoking crack and plenty of it. The Team. Welcome back. Jim along with Max Ryan today. The Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. Your top five quarterbacks all time. Your prediction for the Broncos now that Sean Payton is there. Text or call 970-242-1340. Let's see. Didn't you just say that a good coach is 1.25 wins above average and then you compare it to a four-year contract and that's how you come up with the five extra wins over the over four years, not five wins over one year? Might have got the math a little wrong on that. Okay. I have to go back and look at the article again and dig through it. But let's let's say four to five wins a season. Split four and a half. How's that? Math was never my strong suit. And plus, I'm quoting an article that I didn't write from the Denver Post. So I'd have to go back through that again to give these specific numbers. But... What it does show, though, is a, a coach that has won a Super Bowl does have a very dramatic impact on, on a team and how they play. There we go. Thank you for, for texting on that, though. Nameless texter. I'll go back and check the math. All right. Jackson Wilson with us this morning. River City Sportplex. Good morning, Jackson. How are you? Morning. Good. How are we doing? I'm doing fine. Doing fine. Good. NHL All-Star Game in Florida this weekend. Oh, yeah. Miko's going to be there. Miko's going to be there. Car, yeah. McKinnon, yeah. So, with uh, like I talked about earlier, I'm not a big All Star game fan. Period. From for any of them, to be quite honest. But at least the NHL, I think they, with the three on three stuff they've done and things like that, they've tried to make it fun. Yeah. They tr- they finally go. Okay, we, it's an exhibition. We know what this is about. It's it's not about some conference pride or things like that necessarily. It's about creating the most enjoyable environment for the players to get them to come there, but also for fans to see something they don't normally see. Agreed. And it's super fun. So they do, um, I think today is all their skills competitions. And then tomorrow is, um, they start with two games of three on three. And then from there, I think they have like kind of a loser's game and a winner's game. Um, you know, so it's super fun for the fans to watch these guys still compete against each other. Um, you know, I'd compare it to NFL, kind of like if you set up seven on seven, um, kind right. of deal. But um, you know, still even there, like it, it, it's t- it's it's sometimes hard to not tackle a guy, right? Like in the, if they play, you know, in the NFL, um, Pro Bowl, but also like out here, you know, guys can, cannot hit. So you know, they go out there, they play three on three, they're not hit, and they're just trying to have some fun, get the fans involved, um, enjoy playing with some of the best players in the world. So it's super fun to watch. I enjoy it every year. Um, if I have the chance to watch it. So, yeah, it'll be fun, you know. And I, and I always like their events, you know, the fastest skater, hardest shot, most accurate. They got some Mickey Mouse gimmick stuff. They have, like, three new weird uh, events this year. I think one was called, like, the Splash Shot. I'm not sure what okay. that means. Yeah, I have no idea. And then there's a couple other ones, too, that I'll have to go back and look. But, um, no, it should be fun. It should be fun to watch. They try to make it, uh, 
you know entertaining and and good and good viewership like for people at home and stuff so no it's fun and plus all the guys they got a lot of good guys down there because they uh it's in florida so all the all, all the guys aren't uh, declining you know ovechkin's down there and some of these other guys that you know usually don't partake in some of the all-star events um are down there uh enjoying themselves so it's good to see it's fun to see avalanche going a nice little little flurry of wins there right before uh the, the all-star break currently 27 18 and 3 right now and uh, sit fourth in the central division i guess just your takeaway what you've seen from the avalanche here at the end because i thought how georgie played against st louis in, in that game on saturday i mean willing to go fight bennington oh yeah i mean and, and the, the way that the fans at, at Ball Arena kept chanting Georgie, I mean, he's he he's starting to really endear himself to Avalanche fans and, and his play in that you know, in particular that sequence where he had come up big save, Bennington's talking smack, people are on him all game long. Avs got up two nothing, and for for Georgie, have to want to go. Hey, you want to go? You want to yep. go? Yep, we'll go. We'll do that. I'm not. You know we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna even out this situation here. You're not you're gonna have more of your guys. You know going after my guys. I'm gonna we'll even this up here. You and and, good good for Georgie with that water bottle throwing grease bag that is Jordan Bennington. I mean like come on like the guy's just he's his antics and tactics are just childish. Like he goes in there and he's like you know he's just like going to do nothing and Georgie goes around and he's like all right dude he's like I'll give you a fight. You know, I really wish you would. But, uh, you know, the Avalanche fandom runs deep, right? So, you, you know, three Stanley Cups, Avs fans are diehards, and right now they don't like, we don't like Bennington. So, you know, Georgie going down there to stick up for him, really like, especially not being involved last year, going through that whole series and everything with the Blues the past few years and stuff. Like, it's been, it's fun seeing a new goaltender who wasn't part of that rivalry embrace it and try and kind of like, he didn't really, I don't want to say he injected himself into it. But it, he's not uh, he's not going to turn down the opportunity to be involved in it. Absolutely. Um, so and that's something that you love to be able to see from from the starting goaltender um, of a team. And yeah, they've been they were rolling like they had a much better you know closeout to the All Star break than kind of how how they were rolling um, after their first few games of the season. So it's really exciting to see they're going to get some guys back here, get a little healthier. Um, hopefully Big Val gets a little healthier and Gerard and some of like all these guys they can just kind of heal up. Um, you know, unfortunately I don't think Lanny's coming back till sometime in March. But um, you know, as long as they're in the in the hunt in the race, they're gonna be able to to go in there and uh, you know, have an opportunity. Best, right? best yeah. record in the central of the last ten. Yeah. They went yeah. seven and three. No, they're looking sharp. I mean, like Bednar's sick coach. He's gonna go in, he's gonna have their systems figured out. You know, he's done this before with guys going in and out. I read a statistic. I think they've only had five players that have played all the games so far. So I mean, you got you got five guys that have been healthy for you know the entirety of the season. Ranton and being one of them, um, I think he's on pace for like fifty eight goals. Yeah, right now, like it's Miko's your first half MVP, is he not? I agree, a hundred percent. Rodriguez second. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd probably say that Evan Rodriguez pickup was massive. I I really liked him. I knew he was going to play well, but I didn't think he was going to play that well. Um, I don't know. Car's up there too. Kale's, you know. But uh, Miko by far is the, is the MVP of the team, like that you know, um, for that first half for certain. So, I it's it's just nice to see him too, as we've talked about, just get the recognition he deserves. As you know, he sometimes that light shines on Kale McCarr and McKinnon and 
you know, they got they got kale in commercials now because he's all baby face. Right. You know, he could probably sell Gerber to a baby, <laughs> like, and you know, like, and you know, Miko's kind of always flown under the radar, right? And you know, I think it's I think it's just good for him. Unfortunate for the Avs that they have all these guys here, but good for him to be able to get a little, you know, a little light shined his way. So. Yeah. And this uh, this break for a guy like Nachushkin, you know, yep. chance to get a little bit healthier yeah. and you know, no, it's good, good rest for a week for for some of those guys like Nachushkin. Yeah, yeah, um, hockey's tough, so you know, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. it's it's a tough sport, man. So you know, you you got to be healthy and fully ready when you go in there. So it's you know, it's good to, for all these guys to get a rest, get a break. You know, some of them are back at home with their families, resting up. Others are down at the All Star break. Maybe a couple guys go to Mexico. You know, I don't, I don't know, but uh, you know, it gives it gives people a good time to get a break midway through the year, and to be able to get a little more refreshed and then go back and attack it. And you know, the the West does not look that strong right now. I don't. If you look at some of these top teams, Dallas, Winnipeg, Minnesota, Seattle, L.A., Vegas, Edmonton, and then you have the Avs. I, they can beat any one of those teams in a series. Are you kidding me? Give me the yeah. Avs all day. Like I might, I might go home now. Listen, folks, gamble responsibly. But I might go home and I might go ahead and put a little on the Avs yeah. to win the West because I, I, you know, it, there's just no other. I think when they get healthy, they're going to be the best team in the West, regardless of standings, points, whatever of what I'm looking at. I mean, McDavid's great and all, but in in Edmonton, but they can't win. Is they can't get far in the playoffs. And I don't think Seattle has it. LA doesn't have it. Vegas has fallen off, and then you got Dallas, Minnesota, and Winnipeg and. I'm pretty sure we can beat them in any series. So it's the I think the East is stronger. Someone coming from these like Boston or Carolina is going to be a really good hockey team. And I think the Avs are going to sneak back in. I mean, they got to really shoot themselves in the foot to not get back to the Stanley Cup. Finals. And they're just getting healthier. And Agreed. Chemistry is getting better, yep. and it, they're they're just. Pl- I mean, they. they Got to love seven out of their last ten. Got to love the Nieto deal. Yeah, yeah, get them exactly. a little juice. You got to yep. juice. Sometimes as a GM, you just got to get the boys a little juice, right? And so, and that just kind of bumps them in. And unfortunately, they had a trade Cal and um, McDonald, but Cal wasn't even really in that lineup, yeah. right? He wasn't in that locker room. So the guys, you know, even though they know him and he's an up and down type player, they lose him. It's not like they lost like a strong locker room character or a guy to bring Matt Nieto back in. So it's just super, I like it. I, I like the move. I like where they're at. It'll be interesting to see if they make any other moves too. Right. Team that did make a big move, the Islanders for Bo Horvat, captain for Vancouver. Yep. What does that mean for them? Well, so, for and we were talking about this before we went back on air, which is funny. So Bo Horvat gets selected as the All-Star for the Vancouver Canucks, gets traded right before All-Star break, and then the committee goes, oh, you know, we know you've been traded, but you've been selected for the All-Star game. We're going to have you wear your old team sweater at the All-Star game since you've already been uh, selected. I don't I don't know another time I've known of that happening. You know what I mean? Yeah, where, where, it's, where a team gets, a guy gets traded, and they're like, no, but you're going to rep your old, you know, like. <laughs> the team that you just played for. Yeah. Then- which I don't know, you know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's just weird. It's weird. It's kind of cringy because it's like, I like, did they cheer him? Like, did, yeah, did, what, did, did boom? Like, you know, what do you? How do you handle that whole? I thing? don't know. It's weird. You know, it's just, it's kind of like that ex girlfriend that's just still lingering around. You know, you're trying. You guys broke up, but she's not moving out. 
you know like, she's still or like a couple yeah. that's separated but you know yeah. they're they're gonna get divorced but they still yeah, live yeah, in yeah. the same house yeah but, yeah exactly but he's sleeping on the couch yeah. in the sp- you know the uh, guest bedroom yeah. or whatever so um you know what's funny is the islanders aren't really in a place where uh they're you know i think they're they're sitting about i mean they're, they're a couple points out of the playoff race so they're in the playoff race the islanders are they go out and get Bo Horvat. He's on the last year of his contract. They're going to have to sign him to a big ticket. Um, you know, and then they traded away Anthony Bolivier, who is a very good player, back to Vancouver along with a first-round pick and this other guy, uh, Retty. I think that was another first-round pick. But, um, you know, I love it for the Islanders. They get Bo Horvat. They get a lefty who can play with Matt Barzell, who's a very good right-handed hockey player, who's a center down for the Islanders. And now you got the lefty and righty kind of combo, which is going to help on the power play for them. And on top of that, Ilya Sorokin, um, if you guys are not familiar with this guy, Sorokin, the goaltender for the Islanders, he is legit. He is very good. So him and Shashurska and the two New York goalies are actually two of the better goalies in the NHL. Um, so the Islanders are fun to watch. We'll, we'll see what happens with them. The, the trade cracks me up, though, as far as, far as the uh, the all-star thing goes. Yeah, so. just having to wear Vancouver's jersey, even though... I don't like. Is yeah. it like they gotta have a backup plan or something? Like, just get another guy from Vancouver. Right. Maybe, like, I I don't know because the whole thing with the NHL All Star Game. I'm not sure how their sports are, but they try to get a guy from each team. So you know, for marketing purposes, that way you like know MLB does. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Regardless if the guy's got seven points in forty games, right. they got you got to send the Coyotes' best player yeah. down yeah. there. Yeah. So just yeah, I I don't know why they didn't do that. It so doesn't make a lot so of sense. I don't either. But it's uh it's entertaining. Sure gives us something to talk about. Absolutely. All right, Jackson Wilson with us today. Let's go ahead and get to four down territory. We're into four down territory on the Jim Davis Show on the team. All right, start thinking. You don't have the music for this, do you? Do you mean to find some music for this? I guess I will. I will play some music for this if I can find something. There we go. There we go. A little funky beat for us this morning for Fordan Territory. Apparently, Aaron Rodgers has no desire to go back to his home in the Bay Area. Competing at the AT and T Pro Am, he was asked. What about, uh, you have any news? Anything you want to tell anybody? Anything you want to share? He goes, I'm not going to San Francisco. <laughs> okay. Thanks, right. Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. I don't know why he wouldn't want to, but play for Kyle Shanahan. That, that defense? All those weapons? Maybe he keeps seeing all the quarterbacks getting hurt. Maybe so. Maybe, maybe that's what's worrying him. I know. I agree. I, I think Shanahan's a hell of a coach, but like, your quarterbacks get hurt almost every single year. Yeah, he's kind of like, oh, maybe maybe that's not the place I want to be. All right, second down. Tony Romo, he's been getting a lot of heat for not sounding real prepared this season. Well, I guess there was a concern about that going into this season. And their CB, CBS execs staged an intervention with him to make him you know, better prepared for this season. Guess that didn't work out too well, did it, with the intervention because he certainly doesn't sound like he's prepping a whole lot harder. $180 million over 10 yeah. years. Got to put the work in, Tony. Got to put the work in. Here comes Tom Brady. Has anyone ever, inter- Jim, anyone ever said you need an intervention? In the booth? Prob- in, in the booth? In the booth? Not that I'm aware of, no. ask that. That Maybe in like other very... occasions, but no, not not that I can recall. Just like Tony Romo walk into a room and A&E cameras are there and there's Jim Nance and... The CBS well, apparently Nance is not, not very helpful in this whole thing either because Nance is kind of, according to reports, just about what Nance does and sure. doesn't really care what Tony does. 
All right, we got to move along here, third and fourth down. Third down. We're going into golf. Uh, Phil Mickelson, if you've seen him recently, lefty is no longer hefty. He has dropped a bunch of pounds, and with the weight loss, he has upped his trash-talking game. There was some talk amongst golf heads about a live versus PGA Tour thing, and Tiger and Lefty being the captains. Uh, Phil, of course, being Phil, said, It sounds great, but we would dominate them so soundly it would be over so quick. TV would have to fill an hour of dead time. That's why it's not happening at this oh, okay. time. Okay, sure, Phil. If you have $100,000 as well, you can play Brooks Kepka, courtesy of the Live Golf Tour. <laughs> Anyway, Mookie Betts in fourth down territory, Jim, a athlete extraordinaire. He is competing in the Professional Bowlers Association United States Open. Good for him. Yeah, Mookie Betts knows how to roll. He's a holy roller, baby. Throw some rocks. Yeah, let's see. We had J.R. Smith go play college golf, and Mookie Betts is now trying to be a pro bowler. Bowler. I like that. Original name of Pearl Jam. Oh, wow. Thank you. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know. There we go. Mookie was the original name of Pearl Jam. I think that was they were going to call. It, was it Mookie Betts? I think was what they were going to call Pearl Jam. Wow. I could double check that. Maybe his parents were big Pearl Jam. That is fantastic. Fans. Yeah, I That's believe a nugget. it. I think that was their original name, if memory serves me correct. No, Mookie Blaylock. Get my Mookies wrong. Mookie Blaylock would have been the original name of uh, Pearl Jam. NBA Mookie Betts. player. NBA Mookie Blaylock, NBA player? NBA, NBA Mookie Blaylock, the Hawks, yeah. I believe, in yeah. the 90s? Yep, that would have been that guy. Yeah. All right, we'll take a break. Chris Hanks, Colorado Mesa baseball coach, joins us next on the Jim Davis Show. I'm a big sports addict. I like sports. 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 This is the Jim Davis Show on the team. 101 FM, 1340 AM, Grand Junction. 102.1 FM, Delta Montrose. Welcome back, Jim, along with Max Ryan today. Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network with us right now on the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line. He's the coach of the Codron Mesa Mavericks baseball team, Chris Hanks. Chris, how you doing, Skip? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fine. It's hard to believe season starts next Thursday for you guys. Uh, time is flying here in 2023. But uh, you have the leadoff dinner on, on the 9th, on, on next Thursday, over at the Meyer Ballroom and uh, Courtyard. Uh, by Marriott, presenting the leadoff dinner. Uh, what uh, social hours at six starts at seven o'clock. Chris, it's always a great way to uh, to recognize those that have uh, been played important roles in the Maverick baseball program. Uh, it's a, a fundraiser for um, you know the things that you do with the scholarships, the Bus Bergman, the Tony Lopez, and the Ryan Teixeira scholarships. It's just a really cool event that you guys have every year that gets the baseball season started. Yeah, you know it really is. Uh... Uh, it, it's actually turned into a better event than I had imagined. And, you know, the last two years we haven't been able to have it because of the indoor COVID stuff. So, you know, it's been since uh, spring of 2020 that we've had this. So we're really looking forward to it. And it's a, it's a good fun night, couple hours. Uh, uh, and I'd encourage anybody that would like to come to go to cmumavericks.com and there's a link to sign up, but the sign-up ends uh, Monday morning, so they'd have to hurry. Yep, so hurry up and get uh, get to that link and, and get your tickets for it for the leadoff dinner Thursday, February 9th, and it's uh, the, the 2022 season awards, uh, the introduction of this year's team, preview as well, and I know you always like to do this, uh, like with the, the, the Diamond Club, the recognition of those, as I was kind of referencing earlier, those that have 
been contributors to the program, and th- that can be including folks in the community that have made contributions to what uh, what the Maverick Baseball Program does. That's right. Uh, that's actually maybe my favorite part of that is we give them what we call a golden cap. It's our our home cardinal cap, but with a, a shiny gold logo uh, instead of the white logo, uh, and, and it's for individuals that have been outstanding contributors not not necessarily financially we have uh, you know people that just go to every game that's great support we have people that have built things for us and we have faculty members that have supported us academically and helping our student athletes over many years so there's a lot of ways that you know uh that that thing gets awarded and and we try to do two or three people every year and and so it's it's just a good deal so can you tell us who it is this year, or do we have to wait till Thursday? You have to wait till Thursday. Okay. So okay, it's a surprise. We don't want to blow it for anybody. But it's always, like you said, it's it's always just a, a really nice part of that event when, uh, like you said, you acknowledge some of those folks that uh, maybe haven't uh, written a check necessarily, but they have they have taken their time to make a contribution to the program, whether they're just supporting it or or in other uh, ways of helping out the program. Chris Hanks, coach of the Colorado Mesa Mavericks baseball team with us. Uh, the leadoff dinner is coming up next Thursday. And uh, need to get your tickets now. Go to supportingcmu.com, and you can go to their events, and uh, the link is there to get your tickets for the leadoff dinner next Thursday over at the Meyer Ballroom in the University Center. So as I mentioned, that uh, you open up next Thursday, Azusa Pacific. You square off against them at the, the Diamond over at Bergman Field. Uh, 1 o'clock, we're going to have that game here on the Team CMU Sports Network. So uh, the, I guess the guy's ready to go, right? You're ready to get this season started with a really good opponent coming in in Azusa Pacific. Yeah, the guys are chomping at the bit. Uh, we play a really good schedule this year, non-league. It's, it's maybe the on paper the toughest schedule we've ever played. Uh, so Azusa Pacific, they played in the, the West Super Regional last year and lost, just like we did with Angelo and lost. Very good ball club. They're ranked, uh, and so, and they have uh, seven of their nine positional starters returning. Where we only have two, so it's kind of flipped. Uh, and, and so, you know, it's certainly uh, a, a stiff test right out of the gates. So you have the the series with Azusa Pacific, and then uh, number six Southern New Hampshire comes in. So. You know, like I said, back-to-back series, Chris, to start the season against ranked opponents. Uh, you're going to find out a lot about your ball club early on. We are. Southern New Hampshire uh, made it to the World Series. Uh, and then the following week, we go up to Northwest Nazarene, who lost in the regional championship game uh, to Azusa. I think it was Azusa or Point Loma, one of the two. Um, and, and so, yeah, the first three weeks, man, uh, uh, we'll have to find ourselves <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I know we'll talk again next week leading up to that series of the Zusa Pacific, but uh, once again we'll have uh, that opening game against the Zusa Pacific from uh, the Diamond over at Bergman Field. And uh, 1 o'clock our pregame will start at 12.45 this coming Thursday when the Mavericks score off against the Zusa Pacific. But don't forget the uh, Maverick baseball team leadoff dinner brought to you by Courtyard by Marriott Thursday, February 9th, the Meyer Ballroom at the University Center. Go to Supporting CMU and uh, you can find the, the link there to get tickets. And once again, this ends Monday morning, right, Chris, as far as tickets being available? Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll shut that down because uh, they have to get a food count and all that sort of thing. It'll be a 
will be a nice meal. It's a baseball theme. We we start the night. Everybody has to stand and say, uh, "Sing, take me out to the ball game." And uh, we we advertise it the dress as ballpark casual, which I think I invented that term. Possibly, <laughs> uh, I don't know that. You need to get your I share of the royalties on that, Chris. Well, I might need to get a trademark, but yeah. people say, well, what's ballpark casual? And I say, well, what do you wear to the ballpark? <laughs> there you go. That's so, what you should wear. Yeah, so we've had people show up in flip-flops. <laughs> so, and, and that's all good. It's a fun evening. It's relaxed. It's not uptight. Uh, we have uh, Cracker Jacks there. We have bubble gum, sunflower seeds, popcorn. Uh, it's just like a day at the ballpark, and you get to know our team and meet these great young men that we have and, and all the supporters of our program. Yeah, it's a fantastic way to kick off the season. And like we said, it goes to uh, uh, raise funds for the bus. Bergman, Tony Lopez, and Ryan Tashira scholarships uh, when you buy tickets for it. Once again, go to supportingcmu.com to get your tickets now for the uh, leadoff dinner brought to you by Courtyard by Marriott next Thursday. Social hour at 6, dinner starts at 7, all for at the Meyer Ballroom at the University Center. Hey, Chris, always appreciate the time. Thank you so much, and we'll be talking next week and looking forward to calling that opener against the Zeus Pacific coming up on Thursday. Thanks, Jim. Really appreciate it and pr- appreciate all the support. Likewise. Take care. Chris Hanks, coach of the Maverick baseball team, joining us on the program today. All right, we do have a winner for Where in the World is Tyler Franzen, by the way. Let's see if we can get it to go here. Hit that button. Make that work. There we go. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. And a congratulations to Cody Neifer. Cody had the correct answer. Where in the world is Tyler Franzen? Beaver Stadium. Said it was named after a woodland creature. So it's Beaver Stadium, Penn State. So congratulations to Cody on that. All right, hour three coming up.